Hey folks, welcome back to the Friday show here on the Culture Jacked podcast. I'm your host, Dustin, and today on the show, I'm going to be giving you some inside information on where all movies come from. But before that, I just want to remind you that uh, Culture Jacked, Anthony and myself, we are hosting on the regular regular episodes of the podcast today obviously we have the friday show you're in the right spot you're in a good place to start and then tomorrow we have on today's episode and where anthony is going to be dissecting the first episode of falcon and the winter soldier and then on uh, sunday we have the weekend wire again he's going to come back to talk about the news spots that he found on the net things that interest him things that he thinks that you should know about. Then on Monday, he's back again with the Monday Madness. This is the triple header for this guy. Day after day after day, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. So Monday Madness, he comes around with his particular uh, sensibilities on a, a given topic of, of his choice. Lately, he's been talking a lot about comic books. Uh, and then, finally, the Culture Jack News Desk on Thursday. Before, uh, once again, you'll find yourself back here on Friday to talk with me. So I just finished writing this episode and I, I could not wait to record it for you. Um, I feel like my abilities as a writer are getting better and better as I go through this exercise week in and week out. So at the end of this episode, make sure that you stay all the way through to the end for a twist that would make M. Night Shyamalan's nipples hard. All right, here we go. <clears throat> so, uh, upon the recommendation of both Anthony and my mother, I watched the new Hulu bo movie uh, Boss Level, uh, starring Frank Grillo and Mel Gibson. A few days ago, I, I dove headfirst into this time paradox of a movie where Grillo's character survives an onslaught of mercenaries who are trying to kill him until he doesn't. And they successfully get their man. We are then introduced to the concept that after he dies, time resets to the morning he woke up in bed next to a beautiful dental hygienist and the same man trying to murder him with a machete. And thus, the stage is set. Now, throughout the film, he must successfully master uh, the story beats to save himself, his scorned love and his child, and perhaps the world while he's at it. In each successive iteration, he learns a little bit more where the villains will show up, the methods that they will use, and where he can hide out, and how he can make the most out of this one repeating day. As I was watching this, I couldn't help but feel like I had seen this concept before. You know, the infinite time loop, the rote memorization and mastery of skills requisite to free oneself from said time loop and the character's personal torment on the meaninglessness of it all. Oh yeah. Last year, one of Culture Jack movies, uh, movies of the year, actually, Palm Springs is where I saw this concept, where Andy Samberg's character found his way into a cave 
that trapped him in a time loop on the day of a friend's wedding. Wait, wait, wait. That that can't be it. No, it was before that. Uh, a movie concept that inspired all of these movies that followed it. Of course, I must have been talking about the 2014 Tom Cruise sci-fi masterpiece, Edge of Tomorrow. Now, this is the one where Tom Cruise, a reluctant recruit to a, a military unit, uh, was leading the defense against a horde of invading alien bug creatures and was summarily dissected on the battlefield on his very first day. But then he came to and and was back. Frank, just like Frank and Andy, he begun to master everything that the day had to offer until his mastery was enough to overcome the obstacles he faced in order to defeat the invading menace. Now, this is becoming an increasingly popular theme in the movie world, this time loop paradox with many of the movies that embrace it putting their own special twist on the thing but it didn't just pop up out of nowhere and it didn't start with edge of tomorrow these movies were inspired by and this idea was first showcased in a japanese manga called all you need is kill in this manga of which edge of tomorrow is almost a direct adaptation of Keiji Karaya plays the role of a time-repeating protagonist, but in this version, there exists another soldier who falls into the trap of the time loop. Rita Vertosky. <laughs> I knew I'd mess that up. Rita Vertosky, and though their combined efforts, through their combined efforts, they discover the cause of the repetition being the mimics the alien adversaries with the ability to travel back in time to better know and then defeat their enemy. And in this case, their enemy is the humans. Uh, the two work to end that loop and without spoiling all you need is kill, uh, they succeed, but at a great cost. It, it's, it's no wonder that this amazing story was followed up with a live-action movie featuring famous Hollywood Scientologist Tom Cruise. And this got me thinking, though. Are all great action and sci-fi movies originally inspired by ideas that come from Japanese anime and manga? Or maybe, if not inspired by, just downright lifted from the pages of these Japanese comics? My immediate answer is yes. Of course they are but you're probably going to need some proof, some evidence in order for me to convince you of that thing. So how about this then? I'm going to do my best to describe to you a movie and we'll see if you can tell which movie I'm thinking of. Okay, here we go. This movie is set in a dystopian future. Many of the areas of this country are very poor. There has been massive recessions and an edict from the government has been declared that a selection of teenagers will be pitted to the death in a winner-takes-all Coliseum-style event. A bloody battle that drives children against each other in a fight to the death that draws out expected violence and unexpected depravity. And if that wasn't enough, as you could imagine, some of the teenagers' dissatisfaction with the events leads them to an attempt, uh, a rebellion, to put a stop to the whole dang thing. All right, so what movie am I talking about? 
If you know me personally, you probably already know, but for those of you that don't have that shortcut, you probably already guessed. It was the 2012 movie The Hunger Games featuring Katniss Everdeen is, you know, J-Law's big breakout role as the upstart youth who led a rebellion against the barbaric event. But in that case, if that was your answer, if that's what you thought, you'd be wrong. The actual movie that I was talking about is Battle Royale. Uh, <laughs> and in, uh, in it, in Battle Royale, in this manga, the Japanese government has passed the BR Act, or the Battle Royale Act, mostly to help straighten out the country's delinquent youth. Some key differences that didn't make it over to the American trilogy of books include you know, some of the deranged and perverted behavior of the students that participated in the Battle Royale event. The participants in the manga also had bomb collars equipped, so if they tried to leave the island, their collars would explode. And then probably the biggest difference in the Japanese version after the dust was settled and the event ended, nobody successfully managed to disband the battle royale or reverse the law that started or even adequately get a satisfying revenge on the puppet masters behind it. So why is it then that these movies, well, I guess just this one movie so far, two movies, The Hunger Games... Uh, <laughs> boss level edge of tomorrow why is it that they need to swipe certain aspects or even whole storylines from these manga or these anime well my cousin Jesse uh, could be onto something when he says that the only reason that he watches anime and only action packed anime where the characters demonstrate superhuman abilities is to see things and see acts that we humans cannot do in our own lives why watch a romantic comedy when you could just as easily have some goofy dating hijinks in real life why watch a cooking show when you could just as easily make some eggs benedict on any given day of the week why watch any organized sporting event when you know if you were dedicated motivated and inspired to do so you could do just the same as the athletes that are on screen why watch anime though because we cannot brew fireballs from our breath. We cannot leap football field links or summon the power to fly through the air. Some might argue that you could watch, you know, any of the live action superhero movies that are so popular now, if that is what you're looking for. And yeah, sure you could. But if you're watching these superhero movies, the action scenes are mostly made up of big CG fight scenes anyway. So at that point, why not watch a fully animated feature or series that is entirely comprised of these types of sequences? I, I mean, I guess then movie companies figure they can get away with only skimming the concept off the top. And even that, you know, little slight anime seasoning will drive a robust action experience. Okay, okay. What about this one? Now this time, I'm going to describe to you an anime... And you're going to think, which major movie, series, or franchise grabbed up these ideas to serve as their own? Now, this is from CBR.com. <clears throat> the story of planets revolve around the crew of a space debris collection ship known as Toy Box, who are virtually garbage, garbage men, but in space. The article goes on. 
cleverly uses the emptiness of space as a backdrop to illustrate the lives, ambitions, and fears and personalities of their respective characters. They manage to draw the focus away from the situations that these characters are facing and dissect the human condition before the audience through their themes of isolation, angst, survival, and regret. All right, so any ideas on what popular Hollywood movie could have come from this particular idea? Well, the movie I'm thinking about is Gravity. Remember the one where Sandra Bullock gets stranded in space? You know, I never saw it, but it clearly has drawn a lot from its anime counterpart. Here's another how about Akira? So some Akira is a more popular anime that a lot more people might know. Uh, it's an anime classic and one of my personal holy trinity of anime titles. So I've got Akira, Ghost in the Shell, and Ninja Scroll. So for the uninitiated, in a future Tokyo, 31 years after the Japanese government dropped an, ato uh, an atomic bomb to resolve some weird child telekinesis experiments that they couldn't get, a, get control of, we join a bike gang, and through a series of unfortunate circumstances, one of the gang members is captured by the government where he is added uh, to this secretly reactivated experiments for extrasensory perception, these telekinesis experiments, and other strange psychic powers. Eventually, though going through incredible pain, this, this boy, Tetsuo, he manages to harness his powers until they eventually went out of control. He causes a lot of mayhem and destruction in his wake. If this sounds like it shares some similarities with the Josh Trank-directed film Chronicle, you wouldn't be faulted for feeling that way. Trank himself noted that Akira was one of his favorite movies and admitted that the film had an influence on this project. And you can see it in the body of the movie as well. These kids, they find themselves with telekinetic power, among other things. It allows them to move objects with their mind and experience the freeness of flying through the air. Anime like this and Ghost in the Shell has gone on to lend elements to other incredible sci-fi like Stranger Things and even The Matrix. Akira is also credited as an inspiration on Rian Johnson's film uh, Looper as well. So a lot of anime inspires a lot of film is what I'm trying uh, to get at here. Okay, so here's another one. Do you remember Pacific Rim? Of course you do. The world is under a steady stream of attack by giant monsters coming from the bottom of the sea. So humanity locks arms and does the most reasonable thing that anyone can think of. No, no, not, not bombing the hell out of the creatures. They build giant stylized mecha robots to fight off these monsters in hand-to-hand in -hand combat like a man. <laughs> I am now going to ruin the notion that this was an original idea because this is one of the primary story beats from a very prolific anime series called Neon Genesis Evangelion, where Earth is under constant attack from gigantic monsters that they call angels. To combat the angels, the government constructs giant robots that are piloted by special individuals. And it's an anime, so of course these specialized pilots are children. <laughs> and you would think that the robot-monster connection would be enough to prove that the obvious draws from the anime to the feature film, the sequel, and, you know, ironically... Uh, it was developed into an anime 
on Netflix. It's on Netflix now, I think. I haven't watched it yet, but I really like the first specific, <laughs> specific rim. That's a ver- that's one where the robots get really super detailed and maybe a little bit anally so. Pacific Rim. I've watched the first one. I did not watch the second one, and I haven't watched the anime yet, but I intend to. But no, not only do these children pilot these giant mechs, they also need to have a strong enough bond and synchronization with their robots in order for them to battle correctly. In Pacific Rim, the pair of pilots needed to be synced up in order to operate the giant robot. So in this case, the movie, the pilots needed to be synced up together, and then the children to the robots needed to be synced up together in the anime. Regardless, a synchronization of mind, body, and spirit needed to happen in order for these robots to be controlled in both features. Before I leave off this particular pairing, uh, it's important for you to know that Neon Genesis is also on Netflix, and it is an anime classic. So if you have not gotten an opportunity to see Evangelion, please do yourself a favor and watch it. It is not really an anime for beginners. However, uh, it's a little weird. So at least be prepared for maybe some, some themes that you might find uncomfortable in the anime. In the anime Perfect Blue, a pop idol pursues an acting career and is slowly plagued by anxiety as a series of gruesome murders starts happening all around her. There's also a stalker heavily featured in this movie, and reality then begins to tear itself apart as Mima, the protagonist, loses her grip on reality. And while there are other similarities, the biggest one between this and Black Swan would be a spoiler. But trust me, aside from Mila Kunis, this is the exact same movie. What I'm saying is that all modern movies, specifically action and sci-fi movies, are inspired directly by anime if they are not stealing the themes, the plots, and the stories of the anime directly <laughs> directly from the anime. Uh, there's, there's plenty more examples that I could give. Now, Naruto being the building blocks that Ninja Assassin was constructed with. Gene and the crew of the Outlaw Star were instrumental in the design of Joss Whedon's Firefly. And even the top-grossing film in the world, congratulations, James Cameron, Avatar. That movie took story beats from a Studio Ghibli classic, Princess Mononoke, especially when it comes to the themes of man versus the wild, uh, assimilation, extinction, and conservation. This does not even scratch the surface of how deep this parasitic relationship goes. And while all of this doesn't mean that you shouldn't enjoy the movies that were inspired or ripped from these anime titles, by all means, you should. What it means is that you should at the very least, stop to appreciate the source material and where this stuff is coming from. And where is it coming from? After you're done listening to this piece, you'll be able to tell your family and your friends that you know that you now have the knowledge that all modern sci-fi and action movies are taken directly from the man himself. Bill Murray. <laughs> That's the twist. If, if you're waiting for the twist, 
uh, you, you can take off now because that was the twist. But otherwise, let me explain. That's right. You thought that just because Boss Level was inspired by Palm Springs, was inspired by Edge of Tomorrow, that the source material for the inspiration for these films was merely one more level deep? <laughs> you foolish, sweet, innocent child. No, the time loop mechanic had its inception in the minds of the genius-level cast and crew of Billy's 1993 sci-fi masterpiece, Groundhog Day. Actually, it was 1983? No, it was 1993. It's a story in which the hero himself finds uh, himself in a very similar daily repeat that I've described already in, in the process, only to pioneer this hero's journey of learning, discovery, and finally release. Oh yes, the other movies that I've talked about as well, though there was a, a step on the creative staircase that preceded them in the form of a Japanese cartoon or comic, but there at the bottom of the steps, at the bottom of those stairs, there always was and always will be comic legend William James Murray. Proof? You want, you want proof from me? You think just because... I gave you the specific examples of anime to movie relationships. I would do the same for the Murrayverse. You're damn right I will. Not only did the movie Groundhog Day serve as a cornerstone in the writer's room on All You Need Is Kill, but another Murray film had a direct effect on the writing process as well. 1981's Stripes lent to the military and armed conflict against the alien mimics. The Battle Royale credited anime. Its entire existence is credited to the trailblazing, fight-to-the-death genre-defining Caddyshack. The hallucinations and reality-morphing nature of Perfect Blue and Black Swan would not exist today were it not for the beats established in 1988 Scrooged. Anime directly inspired much of modern uh, cinema. That is my thesis. But Bill Murray inspired most anime, and I think... An argument could be made. He inspired most culture in our modern civilization as well. Of course, these are all just fun comparisons. These films are all dramatically different in their own way that sets them apart from one another. People say that there are truly no new ideas. And recently, I've learned that there are only 36 stories that are told and retold a story beyond those 36 cannot or will not exist. But that is a conversation for another episode. And that is, that's it for the Friday show. I hope you enjoyed my uh, little story on where all movies and uh, <laughs> cinema masterpieces come from. They come from anime. I just really appreciate anime. And I want to give it spot in the sun because a lot of people will see and experience a movie without reading the novel, without looking at the comic book, without playing with the toys that inspired it. And so sometimes it's nice to know where a thing came from. And in a lot of cases, movies were inspired by anime, not just those direct adaptations, but a lot of those crazy sci-fi mind-bending themes that appear in them. So that is it for the Friday show. Make sure you stay tuned tomorrow for on today's episode remember falcon and the winter soldier is coming out today so if you haven't already seen it know that i will be watching uh here on my end 
and then on Sunday, The Weekend Wire, Monday, Monday Madness, and then on Thursday with our newest host, Archimedes Abigail, for the Culture Jack News Desk. Make sure, if you have not done so already, if you have, do it again. You know, check your punctuation, but leave us a review, especially in the Apple Podcasts app. That's where it's most impactful for us. Maybe it is. I don't know. Do it on SoundCloud. Do it on Stitcher. Do it on iHeartRadio. We are on all kinds of different podcasting apps. Um, you can get a, get a hold of us if you'd like. If you'd like to talk to me about how wrong I am about anime and movies. Or if you'd like to give me another example. I'm always eager to hear it. You can contact us by uh, going on Facebook or Twitter at CultureJacked. You can also contact us at the email culture.collective.x2 at gmail.com. And I think that's it. I hope you have a good weekend. We'll see you next week on the Friday show. Cheers. Cheers.